Greetings, 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 and salutations. First, I want to welcome you to the Season with Saw podcast, and I want to apologize because it has been quite some time since I recorded a podcast. Life has been rather crazy, and um, although on many occasions I have thought about like, oh, I need to podcast, like, this time and circumstance have not allowed it to be. However, today, saints, something has put a fire under my bushel. I think that's the saying. <laughs> I, better, I better make sure, right? So, first of all, um... One of the reasons why I wanted to have this podcast is I wanted to, there are a lot of people, um, like, and I can name a few folks out there who have, like, gossip-related podcasts and webcasts and blogs where they discuss uh, things that are happening in the church realm and they um, can, for the sake of entertainment, um, be out of line sometimes, right? Like with the way that they handle uh, the sins of individuals, um, the callous, you know, attempt to destroy character, so on and so forth. So I want to just start by saying that that's certainly not my intent. I named this podcast Season with Salt after Colossians. Oh, so I don't lose you. I'm going to go off about wanting to bite them. That's what this is about. But before I go off on what about two, four, and about two, wanting to bite them, I wanted to give some foundation for this podcast. The Bible says in Colossians, the fourth chapter, the sixth verse, uh, let your speech, that is what you say, be always. And so those are those are two very important words, be always. So when you open your mouth to talk, like you should be working towards always let words be um, with grace, with grace. So this is admonition to every believer with grace, seasoned with salt, so seasoned with meaningful, Christ-centered perspective, to know how it, uh oh, I'm reading a different version, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. So in a sense, when you are presented with an opportunity to provide uh, thought, uh, or any type of response, the Bible advises the believer to first respond with grace. The Bible tells us that even we have to consider ourselves um, because when we are in the position to uh, uh, accuse or judge others, we've got to remember that we are essentially um, not far from uh, the the grip of temptation ourselves. Uh, and so we have this mandate um, to talk 
with grace and with thoughtfulness and with a Christ-centered perspective um, when we discuss anything. This does not mean, and I think this is an important content, this is why I wanted to have this podcast, this does not mean that we cannot have um, valuable, viable discussions about current events. Um, it, it means that our uh, intention uh, when we engage in these discussions is not um, with malice or malintent or with the uh, purpose of like dogging or killing or um, creating any type of bad situation for the person for the person in which we speak. I'm saying all that to say that I'm gonna go off on Juanita Bynum. And I'm gonna go off in grace. It's really not about Juanita Bynum. I'm I'm talking about her circumstance, but I am going to use Juanita Bynum's circumstance um, as someone, I'm just gonna talk about myself because I can't really talk about other people. And if I talk about you, then you'll say, well, who qualified him? I'm talking about myself. I'm going to talk about the lessons that I have learned through the experience of Juanita Biden. So just to catch you up to speed, Juanita Biden is invited to preach in Virginia. She, um, if you read between the lines in her communication, she has some challenges with the church even before she arrives there all of which are clarified and there's reconciliation and enough rec- reconciliation takes place that she gets on a plane <clears throat> and she comes to Virginia to do um, what she has been called to do. That, and I want to put emphasis on that. She gets to Virginia to do what she has been called to do. To make a long story short, upon arrival in Virginia, she learns that the pastor who invited her to speak in Virginia, um, had let himself into her room. She then um, decides that it is impossible for her to minister at this particular pastor's church because due to the fact that he had let himself into what she's calling her room, um, the pastor was exposed to her undergarments. So... She felt that it was difficult for her to minister in the company of others, particularly this pastor, knowing that he had seen something intimate, as intimate as her undergarments. And she um, used the word, I feel naked. Um, She talked about feeling violated. She talked about... um, feeling uncomfortable in the room um, because she um, was uncertain um, whether there had been a camera placed there. Um, She um, talked about having asked the pastor or her assistant having asked the pastor why he entered into her private space. And he said that he had gone in to put some stuff in there um, to which she responded later on, or at least in the video that she made live for Facebook, live for Facebook, live for Facebook, uh, that 
Um, she could not identify any item in the room for which she believed that he placed there. She also notes that um, in her video, she thought it more appropriate for a woman um, to serve her as opposed to a man. She mentions that the pastor's wife apologized profusely for the past. Well, she didn't say that he apologized, she apologized for the pastor's wife. Actions. She just said that she that that the that the pastor's wife apologized. Uh, while she was supposed to be ministering at this particular church, she was laying in the hotel, or she was spending time in the hotel for which they purchased. And she says that she had to come down to the lobby um, to make a Facebook Live video declaring um, to those who follow her. Uh, specifically those who showed up at that Virginia church, why she was not going to be there. A couple of other notes that are important that you probably will hear in the media. She deals in this very conflicting space. On one hand, she communicates, I'm humble, I don't need nothing, I don't ask for nothing, I'm like, you know, I'm low maintenance. But on the other hand, she presents all of these um, beyond basic requirements, like the person who picks me up has to be good looking, relatively good looking. Um, I don't do white cars because of uh, an experience with death that my family endured. So I prefer black cars. Uh, I, I, um, you know, I mean, they're, they're, I don't do red flowers because. Um, in this, I mean, in context, I mean, it all makes sense. There are things that you would have to know her to best understand, in all fairness. And she makes that very clear. In context, a lot of what she is talking about is, you know, I mean, you can look at it and say, okay, yeah, you don't want to violate somebody's privacy. You do want to feel, un you would feel uncomfortable. I think if you look at it from the context of the flesh, like you... Um, can make a case that it, the the flesh's purest response would be, I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not participating in this narrative. I'm very distrustful. Um, I'm gonna choose my own um, level of comfort and my own feeling over um, the 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 mandate that is on my life to preach, especially at this particular church where I believe that God has given me a word. Okay, so I just want to—I I, want to be very clear about maybe maybe some of that was my opinion. There is this. So there's there's so much. I mean, first, okay. Have you ever just not known where to start? I really don't know where to start. I'm just gonna highlight a couple comments that she made really quickly. So hear me out. Hear, hear me out. Hear me very clearly. This is not, my attempt is not to, um, you know, tear down this woman of God. What I do think um, happens to be a problem in Christendom is that people develop negative perspectives about preachers because of this type of, uh, of, of attitude. And I'm going to say, quite frankly, that there are some times and some circumstances where people will position you to second guess uh, the mandate and the calling on your life, and you will have to choose between your flesh and your mandate, 
right? Like, and then this, this is just a, a, a case that of, if we're all being honest, it would be a difficult space for us to be in to have to choose. But then there is a level of narcissism, narcissism and arrogance that I'm just really struggling with. Because so first of all, there there are a couple comments. So she says that when she gets to these cities, first of all, she sends um, her secretary, her assistant, somebody before they go into the hotel room. They prepare the room. They pray over the room. They lay white sheets over it because she is concerned about who's been having sex in the room. These are things that she's just saying. Um, on one point, she said something that really angered me. She said millennials might be on some other kind of drugs. Um, and she says that in reference to maybe um, this is a new age thing um, for preachers to enter, for a pastor to enter into someone's room. I don't know. I, don't, I, I can't quite get the, 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 the connection between millennials and drugs and, and you avoiding a preaching assignment because somebody entered into your room. So first of all, we need to we, we need to separate like this sort of this idea that generationally like millennials don't understand like time and place and personal uh, and respect for people's personal property and personal space. Also, we want to disconnect someone's choice to enter a room to, from their age and, and use of drugs, because that's also an indictment on the pastor. Now, let me give you, let me give you my own experience. I have been in a number of situations where I have been responsible for hosting a guest and preparing a hotel room. In many of those situations, I can tell you from a surety, um, now primarily these have been men because I do agree with Dr. Bynum that men should not be, you know, in, in, in positions of servitude. I think the difference between this position is we don't know the structure of the church. We don't know if the pastor has a credit card and that the, the credit card authorization form was filled out by the pastor and signed. What we can, what we should know, though, is that, um, and, I, and I'm validating this from my own perspective and experience, there are times when the host should, especially with a high-profile guest such as Juanita Bynum, should go into the hotel room to make sure that it's appropriately set so that there is no problem. I would imagine that somebody, even though she claims to be low maintenance, like all the stuff that she's describing seems to be pretty and that they had some uh, tension or drama um, that led up to this point, which they did because she speaks to the fact that she had to get some of her assistant, her assistant and her somebody else on the phone with the pastor to, to, to straighten out some stuff. So therein lies an uh, uh, another issue, because on one hand, she's saying that females need to deal with females, but she is a woman who is preaching at a church that is pastored by a man, and it's his prerogative who he chooses to navigate um, business and ecclesiastical function, 
right? So if he decides that he's going to be the person that negotiates speakers, that invites people, so on and so forth, it's his prerogative to do so. So if he's the person that wants to go check out the room to make sure that everything is set up appropriately for the speaker, so be it. Um, it. It's not that he broke into her room. If his name was on the room because he signed the credit card authorization form, that is not out of, uh, of the ordinary at all. That happens regularly because it is very difficult to get a business credit card without the business and the church and the person's name being listed on that card. Right, because they have to attach a name to the use of that card so that people are just not using the card willy nilly. So, from a business perspective, nothing seems to be out of order in this circumstance. So, I just, I, I like, I think that that's important to know. Again, the millennial and the drug comment was not necessary. She also said, um, I'm not a person that involves myself in Facebook rebuttals this is what she says while she's making a live video about Facebook. And she says, in my own mind, I've survived. And she starts naming all these TV channels and all this kind of stuff. And then she says that I'm the girl for the job, but this has been a personal violation. And she talks about the problem with this generation. She, she sees that generation. And I'm going to be honest with you. I looked at the pastor. He looked about the same age as she does. Like and so I'm I'm unsure about the whole generational talk. Maybe he just looks young, um, but to, for her, this is a generational issue. She, where I really get uncomfortable is when she goes into this narrative around like people get too familiar or they get too common, and the result of them getting too familiar and too common is that they violate people's space where they act like they know you when they don't know you. All of these are like signs of narcissism. Like, and I'm going to go through that because I want to prove my point. Like, when you get to a place where, like, you are so, like, you have placed yourself on such a high pedestal that, like, you are having a conversation with people feeling too common with you, like, you have gotten to a place where you are beyond the use of God. And, and the reality is, is that Dr. Bynum was so deep into her flesh because her flesh had been violated that she couldn't even minister. It is probably best for the people. So what's the lesson for a young preacher, any preacher, all preacher, anybody, is that like sometimes we have to put our own like fleshly desires and expectations to the side when we have been called to minister because at the end of the day at the end of the day violation or not good hotel somebody's picking you picking you up where they what they look like what color the car is and all that kind of stuff if you are a vessel that god is using and he gives you a word for that people that ministry that day that's a serious thing and that's nothing to play with. And it's difficult for me to believe that you got a word from God and then God told you not to go and share it because somebody had violated your privacy. Get a new hotel. Tell them that you don't feel comfortable because of the incident. Have them put you somewhere where you feel more comfortable. And then go and, and it's, yes, is it easier said than done? Probably easier said than done. But Let's look at them. I mean, we can look in depth at the ministry of Jesus. How many times his privacy was about, 
violated, violated, how many times people were common with him, how many people, um, he even said that when he when 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 propositioned with the idea of familiarity and, 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 and people being common, he said that there were some places that he would go where he could not perform miracles. And he later went on to say that a prophet is without honor in his own home, but he still went to those places. And when he got there, he realized that it was impossible for him um, to minister, but it wasn't in his flesh it was the faith of the people right like so he didn't get there and be like oh they tripping they don't they don't respect me as jesus so i'm finna go because they too they too familiar and common like he like and so let me just talk about the this i looked up um i got a little help from psychology today um they have a great magazine and a great website with um with with a lot of different resources and i wanted to know a little bit about a narcissistic personality disorder this is what the website says it says individuals with narcissistic personality disorder according to the dsm-5 exhibit five or more of the following which are present by early adulthood across context so first of all this is a real um, diagnosable, uh, 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 situation. And let's just look at this incident in, 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 uh, outside of, let's just look at this in isolation. We're just looking at this particular situation in isolation. Go and look and watch the video and listen to her talk for yourself. And then I want you to, um, un- to, to remember that just one of the f- five of the things that I'm getting ready to read, um, are, are, are symptoms, are, are results of people um, who um, have narcissistic personality disorder. A, or number one, a grandiose sense of self-importance. Two, preoccupation with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love. Three, believing that one is special and can only be understood by or by or associated with special people or institutions. Um, next, uh, a need for excessive admiration. Next, a sense of entitlement to special treatment. Next, exploitation of others. Next, a lack of empathy. Next, envy of others or the belief that one is the object of envy. Next, arrogant, haughty uh, behavior and attitudes. These are all symptoms of individuals that are dealing with narcissistic behavior um, or, or, or a disorder connected to narcissism. And I mean, I mean, all you got to do is just make some connections. And I think that like, we have to be careful not to, and the old folks would say, don't get the big head, right? We have to be careful not to let people put us on a pedestal that God does not intend for us to be on. Now, if you can do something in the world and you're good at it and you got a performance evaluation that proves it and your boss said you're the best person at customer service and and that worldly stuff, that's great. But the, the, the song that we used to sing when we were young, only what you do for Christ will last. Like, 
you have to know that it is God that gives us the ability to make wealth, right? It's God that gives us the gift that is only as valuable as we decide to give him glory for, right? So you might be good at it, but if you do not acknowledge the God in your uh, in, in your gifting, then you are glorifying yourself above God. The Bible um, terms that as being haughty. Proverbs 16 and 18 says that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. So when the spirit um, gets in the space where it is almost, you know, you get the big head and your head weighs so much that it outweighs the body, then there's not so far that you can go. And you, it, it starts with that spirit. And, okay, 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 it, 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 we can't let people tell us that we're, oh, you're a good preacher, oh, you're the, you're the best preacher here, you're this, that, and the other, we can't let people talk us into a space of haughtiness, we have to learn to give God glory for the gifting that he has given us, and even though um, sometimes we take the the hit, our flesh takes the hit, our our own ego takes the hit. Like the God in us has to arise, right? Like, and somebody will say, "Well, oh, you know, it's easy for somebody to say that ain't ain't preaching on a big on a, on a big pedestal." Maybe it is, but that'll make it less truthful. You know what I mean? Um, Let's see. Um, I had a couple of scriptures that I wanted to read. Um, Proverbs 18 and 12. Before destruction of the heart of man is haughty, but humility goes before honor. Um, 2 Timothy 3 and 4 says, Treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That's what we would endure in these last days. Now, mind you, I'm not talking about Juanita, the vessel that God has called, Dr. Bynum, Prophetess Bynum, all with all due respect. I'm not talking about the vessel. I'm talking about the flesh that gets in the way of us accomplishing what God has called us to accomplish. And 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 Satan, like Satan, like <laughs> It, he he's glorified when we yield to the flesh like and so the flesh is always roaring up to have influence in situations the flesh wants to win ooh they could have picked you up they didn't pick you up in no car they didn't give you enough money they he didn't even say thank you the flesh will position you to judge, like I mean, you will be in a deep hole because that's what Satan wants to do with the flesh. The other thing is that Satan wants to divide the body of Christ. He wants um, somebody with the influence of doctor wanting to bite him to get on Facebook Live and talk about another preacher. That's what he wants. And the reason why he wants it is because if he can tear the kingdom of God down, if he can divide preachers and, and, and vessels from each other, then he wins, right? Like, and, and the reality is, is if this ministry had the resources and the 
fortitude and the ability to invite Juanita Bynum, that means they got something going. Juanita Bynum clearly has something going. And and there is this war because now they have to defend their their actions. And, and nowhere in this scenario is God glorified. We on Facebook talking about what somebody did and said and came to the room and seen panties and covered up sheets. And all people are going to be talking about is what? Did you hear that Juanita covers up sheets? Even I was like cleaning off my um, hotel chair because of Juanita, because she had up my eyes and some stuff that I didn't even think about. Thank you, Juanita. Thank you, bro. Anyway, um, what's a good scripture to close out with? I've already talked about our words being seasoned with salt. I don't know if I, I, I but I do want to say um, that with regard to how we deal with each other when we have been offended or when we feel that our flesh has been violated, the Bible does not tell us that we should excuse those feelings, right? The Bible doesn't tell, the Bible doesn't say that Juanita does not have the right to feel the way that she felt with with regard to feeling violated. The Bible doesn't say that she got the right to feel that way. It happened. It threw her off, all that. But I want to bring our attention to what Galatians 6 and 1 says. And it says, and it doesn't say this for no reason, and it doesn't give circumstantial like reasoning. Only this scripture is only validated if it doesn't say that. It says, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such and one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Let me read that um, in a different version that I really like. Um, let's read that. Uh, in the New American Standard version, the Navy NESB, brethren, if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too are not tempted. Paul said that after I have preached to other people, I better make sure I'm okay. Right, because what I realize is that the more that I operate in God's spirit, the more I become a target to Satan. Like, he doesn't bother me when I am operating in my own flesh. Like, he is getting the glory. He enjoys that. It's when I start doing the right thing. It's when I start saying the right things. It's when I crucify my flesh. That's why Paul at the crux of his ministry, like when he was dealing with backbiting and people uh, imprisoning him and talking about him, he said, you know what I do? I, I have to die daily and I have to press, right? Like I have to release my own feelings and thoughts about the things that I have to endure for the sake of the gospel so that the gospel can go forward. He also said in Romans 7, 19, something other, that for the good that I would do, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do, that I would not, it is more than I, that I do it. 
but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. So then this is not something I'm making up. The, 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 the unction to do good invites evil, right? Like, so at the, the, the point of decision-making, the point of, 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 of like when we are flirting with disaster um, and, and good is there and so is evil, right? Like when our, when our, when our mind says, don't call him or her, um, evil is like, but it feels good. <laughs> so Paul said, it's like a law in me. Like, like in, in other words, like it's an undeniable truth that I, as soon as I even think about good, like evil shows up. And he goes on to say, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members. And there's another truth. There's another fortifiable truth warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. So in me rests this truth about sin, right? Like when I am faced with what to do with my flesh, and I think about doing good, evil is like, what's up, right? <laughs> like, I am here to influence whatever decision you finna make. If it's to go down there to that church and preach, or if it is to head home, when you know that there's some opportunities for you not to head home. And Paul says that these 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 laws, these truths are alive in my body and operating. And he said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And then he closes out by saying, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with this mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So I have to decide. I make a choice. I make a conscious decision, but I'm going to serve the law of God because I know that the choice that I make in those moments when my flesh it seems right and justifiable, I'm making it to the glory and honor of God. Like, I mean, it sounds better than it feels like to do. <laughs> it, 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 it sounds perfect, but you're, but this law, these truths. And y'all, I think that's what Juanita was going through in the moment, right? Like, it's just, she had a word in her belly that Satan didn't want them folks to have down there in Virginia. And the way that reconciliation is set up is that his word, so whatever them folks got what they needed there because God's not going to let his people go without being shepherded. But the things that pride do, that haughtiness do, do. And, and again, we're not talking about Juanita. We're talking about the work of Satan. He don't want you to preach. He don't want you to be effective. He don't want you to walk in your God-given talent and ability. He don't want you operating in no gifts. It, the, the more that you make uh, a decision to, to defeat the law of sin, you, yeah, okay. So I wanted to say that. 
it's kind of about Juanita, but it's also just about what we can learn from the situation that she was in, you know, like, and we we hope that the pastor don't go in the women's in these women's rooms and stuffs, and we hope that <laughs> there's reconciliation. But we gotta we gotta open our eyes to what Satan is doing through conflict. And somebody else making a mistake don't mean let me jump on a mistake. We need to demonstrate reconciliation in the body of Christ so the world knows. What does that scripture say? I'm gonna find the scripture that I was thinking about that just the ankle said. There it is. I'm gonna read this and then I'm gonna quit. Because this scripture just came to mind, but I wanted to say it correctly. I wanted to quote it correctly. John 13 and 35. By this all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye love one another. By this, they're going to know that you are who you profess to be. When you put your flesh to the side to love somebody that even has done something not worth loving. That's how they're going to know that you're the prophetess and the pastor and the leader and the preacher that you're supposed to be because you loved. Ain't that scary? And so the question is not what, for me, what Nita did and could have did and should have did, but what am I gonna do? You know what I mean? Like what choices am I faced with every day that I can choose to deny the flesh and walk in the spirit so that those who um, are under my influence will know that I'm his disciple.